0: Hey there, kids, and welcome to another episode. I am your resident spooky drag queen, Pissy Miles.
1: And I'm your resident spooky smartass, Sam Baxter. And,
0: and this, this is, is my spooky, spooky gay family. Ooh. Hey, Sam.
1: Hey, Pissy. How are you? I'm good. doing good. How are you? I can't talk, <laughs> apparently. It's
0: a That's good thing okay. that this is
1: an audio format. I know. I,
0: <laughs> it, it, to be fair, it's my fault. I threw you off. I didn't say Sam Baxter. <laughs> I fucked up the whole the whole situation. It's all your fault. I know. I really... I I threw a wrench in it. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? <laughs> oh, God. I'm imploding. Um, I'm doing well. I'm very excited because... We just uh, unwrapped a lot of gifts yes. from Colleen from CC, our wonderful, wonderful patron, who sent us literally an entire office for Glenn. Yeah, this is so <laughs> freaking crazy. It's an entire. It's a desk. It's a laptop, a phone, a legal pad because he is a lawyer. Um, a a little jar with like pencils and a ruler in it, glasses. Yes. And a framed miniature photo (laughs) of Dr. (laughs) Loomis, as well as the desk and chair. (laughs) And I was like... It's completely crazy. If you haven't seen this, go to our Instagram. We posted photos of it on Monday. (laughs) It is the most insane thing. It is the most crazy... I I gushed about it for like 20 minutes in the microphone. and And I still am not over it. I'm like... I keep looking, and he just looks so official. Before, he was just, like, sitting up on the entertainment unit, and he was fine. Like, I'm yeah. sure he was happy up there. It's warm. Mm-hmm. But, like, now he just looks so well-dressed and <laughs> and official, and he, uh, you will be getting emails from the law offices <laughs> of Glenn. What was his name? Uh... We oh. have we. She wrote it in the card. I can't even remember what the fuck I named him.
1: Hammingston Esquire.
0: Oh no, she gave him that name. Yes, Glenn Hammingston Esquire the third. Right.
1: It doesn't say the third, but he can be the third.
0: I'm gonna say the third. It should be the third. It should be the third. Glenn Hammingston Esquire the third. Uh, I yes, Glenn. For, you will be getting lots and lots of emails <laughs> from Glenn Hammingston Esquire the third. <laughs> esquire again one more time yes um so thank you to cc for for all of our amazing glenn swag uh you will you can expect something very special from us sam and i had a very detailed conversation about (laughs) how we would repay you uh after recording the minisode and i think we've settled on what we're going to do and i'm very excited about it (laughs) (laughs) uh what's new with you sam anything new
1: not really. Work prepping for this then coming here.
0: Well, this one required a lot of prep.
1: Yeah, this one was um this one was a little intense. This was like 2 hours in front of my computer trying to put it together.
0: You would think it would have been like 8 hours in front of my <coughs> TV for me, but I chose not to watch the fucking docuseries. <laughs> um I but it's to be fair, it's cuz I had like I had a, just a, a very busy week. Uh, I've been working again, which is really nice. I had a really great show at Pieces on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, I do I do my weekly show at Pieces. It's called Pissy Live at the moment, at least. <laughs> Who knows if I'll change it. Um, and I had a really, really great audience on Thursday. They were just like having the time of their lives. Really. And when I got there, it was d e d. De- de- dead like dead (laughs) and so it was so dead that we were actually thinking of closing the bar early and then right around showtime sold out nice like not a free seat in the house and they were they just loved the show it was so much fun uh i had a blast it was just a really really great night um and then friday and saturday were were really busy for me as well and obviously today I had brunch at Feathers. That was really, really busy. Not sold out, but damn close. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, everyone had a really great time. There was a 21st birthday there. Oh, boy. A young lady (laughs) was celebrating her her 21st birthday. Her name was Victoria. Okay. And she was very sweet. Um, I I can't imagine it's very easy to celebrate a 21st birthday amidst COVID.
1: Yeah, I feel like there were probably a lot of people who got robbed of their
0: their 21st, their 21st birthday. birthday bash yeah they'll have to do 22nd yeah and treat it like 21st yes um i you know i, I it's funny and I, I was saying this to victoria earlier today i was like the the problem with 21 is that it's kind of the last exciting birthday
1: yeah no it's kind of the last one where something good happens
0: <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> well it's sort of you know because You know, you turn 13, you're a teenager. Yeah. You turn 16, there's kind of like that, that quince, like coming of age thing or like Mm -hmm. a bat mitzvah, bar mitzvah types, although that's 13. I I was
1: going to say, isn't that earlier?
0: It's, It's a little earlier. That's 13. But then, you know, in, in Hispanic culture, then you have the quince, which is 16, uh, you know and then you have 18 which is you know you can buy porn and cigarettes and lottery tickets and you shit. can't
1: buy cigarettes at 18 anymore.
0: well not anyway and that was something i didn't realize and i was like yeah you now you could you you know at 18 you could buy porn and cigarettes and she was like i couldn't and i was like well if only you had been in my generation <laughs> <laughs> uh and then it's like 21 is the big one because then you can drink there really yep. aren't any restrictions and now you have to be 21 to buy cigarettes but yep. um After that, it's like, where do you go from here? It's like, okay, well, at 25, I can rent a car. But like, what the fuck? Who cares? Who cares about renting a car? You've been drinking for four years, so you're just going to total it. Like, what? (laughs) who who, who cares? Who cares? Um, Yeah, so 21 can be a tough one. It's a lot of fun. But then like a week later, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. The next big mm-hmm. one is 30, and that's yeah. not, like, and that's fun. not a fun one. It's not not fun, but it's not, like, exciting. It's not, yeah, like... it's
1: not, like, the worst thing to ever happen to you, but it's also, there's nothing special about the day.
0: Yeah. There's nothing terrible, other than now you're in a, another decade. Yeah. Um, yeah, 30. I, I, and I will say, so far, and granted, I haven't experienced very <laughs> much of them, yes but my 30s have been have been pretty good mm-hmm. you've experienced a lot more of your 30s <laughs> whole
1: what? Two, years more.
0: <laughs> <laughs> two and a half um you would i think you would say that your 30s have been pretty good to you right
1: yeah so far um i quit my job and decided to be a
0: full-time writer, full-time and, writer, podcast writer host. and
1: poverty <laughs>
0: <laughs> poverty host Host. A poverty host, a podcast. I cannot host. speak
1: today, which is going to be really fun when I read the entire thing.
0: I'm really um, excited for it. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I don't
1: know what's wrong. We recorded the miniisode like 10 minutes ago,
0: and I was totally not fine. not a problem.
1: And not one problem. now I can't string words together. So is this it is that going to be you're totally worried
0: fun. about having to read all of the facts of this case?
1: I don't think so. I made up a nice little script for myself. I think I'm good. Oh, good. But like... You're a script writer now. Yes. Only for transcribing Wikipedia articles <laughs> and Murderpedia articles. And You were
0: that person who wrote college essays and like Wikipedia was like, he shot him seven times. And you were the person who wrote the essay that was like, he unleashed the contents <laughs> of his revolver several times, amounting to seven. <laughs>
1: I was actually pretty good in college. I didn't I use know. Wikipedia that much.
0: I, I, You know, well, because at the time, Wikipedia was not considered a valid
1: Yeah, no, it was source. not considered an academic source by any means. By I, any means. I don't means. think it is now.
0: You know, I don't know. I can't imagine it would be. Anything that can be peer edited yeah. just does not seem like a a reliable source in no. most instances. Obviously, for the for the purposes for the purpose of, of, this, of this podcast it is yeah we're not writing an mla paper who <laughs> this is not we don't have to worry about uh failing or or passing for that matter either but um yeah wikipedia was always kind of a challenge for our generation because wikipedia was new for us
1: yeah no one knew what the thing.
0: fuck to do with it i just remember <laughs> my teachers being like don't touch it <laughs> <laughs> it was like being in the kitchen with your mother when she's like don't go near the stove like <laughs> that was how all of my english teachers felt about wikipedia
1: <laughs> i had a lot of history teachers who were like under no circumstances should you go to wikipedia and i'm like why i can go look it up
0: and because then... on wikipedia it says that Catherine the great conquered china <laughs> <laughs> well then you go and find it in a book too but you you know what you're looking for then Exactly. I think it's a good resource. Just it can't be the it can't be the end of the chain.
1: Yeah, no, it shouldn't be where you end, but it can be where you start.
0: Yeah, it can point you in some really interesting directions because you uh, obviously would never have realized that Catherine the Great conquered China. But then you go and read the book and you're like, my God, she did it. (laughs) I'm kidding. She didn't. If you're if you're (laughs) writing a paper right now about Catherine the Great, don't don't. Uh, forget to say that she conquered China <laughs> <laughs> yeah this uh, th- everything is pretty crazy everything is pretty crazy right now I had I've had a, a pretty eventful week because I um I started a new diabetes therapy okay so there's th- th- this is a bit complicated basically for the last like three months (laughs) i've been trying to this is why in a previous episode i think it was two or three episodes ago i was like fuck horizon blue cross blue shield (laughs) fuck them and their mom and their friends and their friends moms like i was very upset with them because i've been trying to get onto this therapy um oh excuse me uh basically it's it's called a cgm or a consistent glucose monitor Um, and it's this little like pack that Mm -hmm. it can be worn in several spots. I wear mine on the back of my arm. Um, but it, it's this little, like, it's about the size of like, it's about the length of like a rubber eraser. Okay. But it's, it's pretty thin. It's only like, Ooh, it's only like, I don't know, a quarter of an inch thick. It kind of looks like a little
1: USB drive.
0: Yeah. Look, I basically have like a little USB drive on the back of my on the back of my arm and uh it is it is essentially like not implanted that's a mm-hmm. that's a severe word but it is it is inserted into my skin <laughs> <laughs> very painlessly i i really don't feel it at all um and every 5 minutes it tests my blood sugar so I have a much more clear idea of what my numbers are doing all the time. Um and I get a better idea of not only not only where they're what they've been doing, but where they're trending to go. Okay. So like since it tests every five minutes, every like twenty minutes, um, the app because it's connected via Bluetooth to my phone. So <laughs> So every 20 minutes, it can like assess the the trajectory of my numbers and mm-hmm. tell me, oh, you're going to go high or oh, you're going to go low. And if I'm trending too high or too low, it will actually set off an alarm on my phone okay. to let me know. And That's that really was a cool. big selling. It's really cool. It's it's insane. And of course, I'm telling Dad about this, and he's like, "I wouldn't trust that." Blah 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 blah. And I was like, "Oh, oh, here he goes. So he's putting a tin foil hat on my on my <laughs> c- glucose monitor." Um, but it is a, it's a very sophisticated piece of technology, and it's been very helpful to me. Even I I started it on Tuesday. My doctor had sent in the prescription for this fucking thing, uh, in January, the end of January, <laughs> and then my. <laughs> the i don't even know if i can talk about this i'm going to and if i get sued i get sued um my my insurance company said that they wouldn't cover it <laughs> because i hadn't filled my prescription for insulin in 2 years and it was assumed that i was no longer diabetic what Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't even know how to explain that. First of all, my kind of diabetes does not go away. It's not a thing. Like, if I was no longer diabetic, it's because I'm dead. Well, that's the only way. (laughs) And and I've been paying the premiums, so you know I'm not dead. Second, I filled my prescription for my insulin in January. (laughs) I was like... I was like, it was such a like Scooby-Doo moment where I was like, "Uh I was like, you paid for this, this month, this very one, yeah, like a week ago. And um, so they rejected the claim. I had to go to my doctor and and be like, you need to yell at these motherfuckers and make some heads roll. And so my doctor called them and was like, fixed it. And then uh, I find it took two months to actually get the fucking thing. It, it was a whole ordeal, but it was, in the end, worth it. And basically, the trajectory that I'm on with all of this treatment is that I have been very opposed to wearing the pump, the insulin pump. Yeah. And this is different. This monitors my blood sugar. The insulin pump gives me the right. my medication. Um. But I was kind of convinced over the course of quarantine mm-hmm. to give the pump a shot. Okay. So... The reason I ended up doing this whole thing with the, with the, it's called a Dexcom. That's the brand that I, that I wear the glucose monitor. Um, the reason I did this thing with Dexcom is that a, I've been having a lot of severe lows. And so having the alarm that goes off on my phone lets me know I'm trending downwards before I have an extreme low. And since I've been wearing it, granted, it's only a week. I haven't had any disorienting low blood sugars, Okay, which is really great. Um, And I also picked this specific glucose monitor because not only will it connect to my phone via Bluetooth, but the pump that my doctor is putting me on can also connect to the glucose monitor via Bluetooth. Mm -hmm. And basically, if my numbers are trending up, it will give me a fraction of my dosage to try to keep me down where my numbers are supposed to be. Okay. So it'll like automatically help to keep my numbers more balanced. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going low, if I'm trending low, if it gets to an extreme low where I'm, you know, it's starting to become apparent that I'm going to have an extreme low, the pump will cease all delivery of the insulin. So I won't continue to go low.
1: Okay, that makes. That makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. It's it's called uh a, I think it's called a closed this is all very new to me so so forgive me. It's called a closed loop um system which essentially means that it's for all intents and purposes as close as you can get to having like an external pancreas. Okay. Yeah.
1: I mean, is it big?
0: Or is it The pump is like it's like that. And for those of you who can't see, because this is a podcast, um, it's looks like a post-it. Yeah, like it's a it's a little more rectangular than that. Yeah. Um, But it's very slim. It's only like I think it's like half an inch or three quarters of an inch thick. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a little bit larger than the size of like a stack of the the, what's it called? This not circumference the the uh, area of a a, po- a pad of post its okay um I would say it's probably similar in size to like an iPhone eight okay ish that's
1: very specific <laughs> yeah well well I have an iPhone <laughs> I know 8. I know this so one. it's
0: it's similar <laughs> it's not exactly the same but similar in size to an iPhone eight and then I would uh, uh, similar to the the glucose monitor I would always have a little like catheter in me (laughs) okay and it will always be kind of it's attached via like a little a little rubber tube and it's always like pumping insulin into me hence the term pump okay um but i'm very excited i'm i basically am i am essentially jason x now (laughs) so you should be afraid which by the way is on netflix yes you're welcome the other day (laughs) I I watched it the other day, and it's like every time I watch it, I forget just how ridiculous it is. But, like, but in the best way. Yeah, it's a very enjoyable, ridiculous.
1: Yes, it's kind of campy, actually.
0: Very much so. Like when the robot wants nipples, but they keep falling off. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I'm like, this is ludicrous, and I love it. Um, what was the one I was watching the other day that was really not Oh, Jason Goes No. Jason Goes to Hell? Which one's the one where he's he's not Jason for a little bit?
1: Uh, it's Jason Goes to Hell.
0: Jason Goes to Hell. Um and I texted you and yes, I you told did. you I was like I was like I'm watching Jason Goes to Hell and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized I was like, "Oh, Kane Hodder plays one of the security guards that gets killed by Jason." Yep. And I was like, "Huh?" He, I think he's the only Jason to have ever been killed by Jason.
1: Yeah, I don't think that any of the
0: others pulled that off. Good for you, Kane. <laughs> Nailed it. I, 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 I feel like almost like a—I don't want to say a kinship, but like a—I don't know, like a almost connection. like a connection to Kane Hodder. I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, you go, Kane. I, li- I like him um but we we did not come here at all today to discuss Kane Hodder or Jason X although you should all go watch it on Netflix because it's it's Jason X it's ridiculous <laughs> it's just so much fun although Emily said she doesn't like it
1: I mean there are a lot of people who didn't like it and, and that's, that's fair that's it's all a fair criticism. it's 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 one of those movies that, yeah, no, if you take it on its face, it's an absolutely terrible <laughs> movie and no one should ever watch it. But, like, if you have any kind of, like, nostalgia or n- affection for, like, camp-ass horror movies, mm-hmm. this thing is golden.
0: It definitely has, like, almost a sleepaway camp vibe. Yeah, no, but it's... But, like, six steps farther.
1: Yeah, no, it's... It's in on the joke.
0: Oh, yeah. Which, which makes it a lot more fun. <laughs> Guys, he just wanted his machete back. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, Professor. Oh, no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and also, it has, I think, one of my favorite kills in all of Raya the 13th.
0: Is it the cryogenic freezing?
1: Yes. It is the liquid nitrogen.
0: Liquid nitrogen. That's what I meant. Uh, when he dunks her face in the liquid nitrogen and then slams it on the counter. smashes it.
1: Yeah. That's the (laughs) best thing.
0: (laughs) And it's like, especially because at that point, the smashing it on the counter is just for his own enjoyment. Yeah. Like she's gone for all. (laughs) Yeah. She's already done. He froze her head in nitrogen. So it's like, well, she's, she has, she has long since passed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I I definitely did enjoy that one. I kind of like the one where the girl gets sucked through the grate.
1: Yeah, no, that one's really good too. We should probably stop talking about this because we're going to do at Jason some point. X. At some, like <laughs> ten years from now, we'll we'll hit the final Friday the Thirteenth, and we'll get to talk about we, Jason X. <laughs> we
0: really only get like one Friday the Thirteenth a year. Yeah, like one or, maybe. one
1: or two at, at a time. Yeah,
0: I know we have one coming later this year, but I believe it's in August. Yeah, it's it's like. It's like a while from now. It might be, if I'm not mistaken, during the 13 weeks of Halloween.
1: I think it might. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm super excited about it because it's Friday the 13th part three this time. And that's one of my favorite ones.
0: Part three is really good. It really is. It's when Jason really starts to find his, his stride.
1: <clears throat> yeah, it's it's when Jason becomes Jason. Yeah. If nothing else, you get the hockey mask. Mm-hmm. F- finally at last. and you like, get 3 his, his branding is finally done.
0: <laughs> His branding is done. <laughs> he graduated from marketing school. Yeah. Um. But anyway. But anyway. <laughs> uh, I. You know, it's funny. I was listening to. I. I have in my car. Uh, in in my car on my phone, I have a Spotify playlist that's just '90s music. Mm-hmm. And I never realized it. I. I think people would be really shocked to find out the kind of music I listen to when I'm not in drag, but. Um. I love like bare naked ladies, blues traveler, counting crows, uh, like those that style band yeah. from the nineties. And I was listening, and blues traveler mm-hmm. has a song called "But Anyway." Do they really? And I was like, this needs to be our podcast, like not theme song because no, we have, a, theme we have song. a wonderful theme song. We have a great theme song from Nate Walker, but this needs to be like like. Our walk on stage music. <laughs> um yeah, I was I was listening, I had I turned on the playlist and didn't even realize that I had put the song on the playlist. And it came on and I was like, huh. How about that? <laughs> but, but anyway,
1: anyway.
0: <laughs> we did not come here today to discuss blues traveler or diabetes or Jason X. Jason X or Glenn even. Oh, I guess we did kind of come to discuss Glenn. Yeah, it's but, a true
1: crime episode. Glenn has yeah, Glenn has stuff to do today. Uh,
0: d- and finally the equipment to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um he's gonna be typing away on that little laptop all night, I promise. Um <laughs> Yes, today we are we are doing another true crime deep dive.
1: Yep. Um deep dive. Ish. Ish, because there's just too much to the, like, <laughs> I can't even express how confused I got doing the research for this, and, like, I was reading somebody else's sum up of it.
0: <laughs> so, like, <laughs> It's very complicated.
1: Yeah, now watch, everyone's gonna listen to this and be like, what are you talking about? It was...
0: It's so straightforward. It's so straightforward. I could literally have done this in my sleep. <laughs>
1: Yeah, this took me 2 hours to do today. So, you know, that whatever that says about me.
0: I think I I mean I personally feel that that is absolutely sufficient.
1: <laughs> I mean, I would certainly hope so. <laughs>
0: considering i did none of it you're like you're like yeah since you didn't do anything yeah. Since you didn't even
1: watch creep show until i was here today
0: (laughs) yeah and i felt like i said i felt like such an ass because i meant to watch at least one episode of the docuseries like the last episode of the docuseries i was like would have been nice to watch just for like a little wrap-up but I remember a lot of this case. It was one that really interested me when it came out. We are, of course, talking about the bomb collar bank heist, which was uh, brought uh, brought to I think most people's attention in the Netflix docu series uh, "Evil Genius," mm-hmm. and that came out a while back. That was like three, I think four it was years ago,
1: 2018. Yeah, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah,
0: it was right around there. Um, and so we're going to be discussing it in a lot of detail. Uh, Or as much as we can today. Uh, And I I won't eat up any more of your time. I'm going to let you get (laughs) right into your six page. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Your six page summary of the bomb collar bank heist.
1: Okay. So basically, this is what happened. On August 28th, 2003, a pizza delivery man named Brian Wells attempted to rob a PNC bank in Erie, Pennsylvania. He entered the bank with a custom shotgun that looked like a cane and a bomb locked around his neck.
0: It was ridiculous. It was looking. ridiculous. That, looking. that shotgun. I was like, and everyone was like, it has to be fake. And then they pulled the trigger and like it went off and, and they were fired,
1: like, yeah. oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> he slipped the teller a note that demanded $250,000 and stated that the bomb around his neck would go off in 15 minutes. were handed over because the cashier, the teller couldn't get into the vault because you can't do that in 15 minutes.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, And he exited the bank about eight minutes after. There was a 911 call from the bank reporting the robbery and the bomb. Around 15 minutes after he left the bank, police spotted Wells standing outside his car and arrested him. They handcuffed him so he could not detonate the bomb, then left him kneeling in a parking lot and began clearing civilians from the area. They made no attempt to disarm the bomb. Half an hour after the 911 call, the bomb squad is called. Three minutes before they arrive. Good idea waiting
0: till then. Yeah. Then exactly. they were like, "Tim, put the sandwich down and call the bomb guys."
1: Oh God. Um, <laughs>
0: Sorry, I keep I keep it's pulling okay. you over no, here. No, you're fine.
1: It's fine. No, um 3 minutes before they arrived, the device detonated, blasting a fist-sized hole in Wells's chest, killing him almost instantly. Jesus. Yeah, no. Like and this looked like if you go online and look at the photos of this, like I'm going to give a brief description of it in a minute, but like it looks like something out of Saw. I was
0: just about to say it's very Jigsaw. It's insane to look at.
1: And Saw came out a year after this, so we can't even be like, "Oh, they got it from the movies."
0: So. I know. And I actually wouldn't be surprised if Saw got it from them. Right? Like, if I'm... And I mean this, like, almost entirely possible. I mean, granted, they probably would have It got a taken, lot
1: of media attention. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, at least one trap was based off of this thing.
0: Yeah, because even the thing... Because there's... If I'm not mistaken, in the first Saw, there's one where a guy's head is trapped in, like, a... a like, almost like a bear trap.
1: Yeah, that's that's Amanda. The, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's like eerily similar.
1: Yeah, eerily a bit. similar. But anyway. But anyway. <laughs> On Wells's corpse, law enforcement found nine pages of handwritten instructions addressed to bomb hostage, telling him to rob the bank. Included in the instructions were directions for a treasure hunt that included collecting keys that would delay and eventually defuse the bomb. It also stated that he was being watched, and if he made any attempt to contact authorities, the bomb would be detonated. That's a hell of a treasure hunt.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we used to have an Easter treasure hunt, and this was very different. Yeah, this different. is very different. <laughs> um, <laughs> Imagine if the Easter Bunny was like, "Okay, put on this collar."
1: <laughs> they actually, um, later on, the police tried to do the treasure hunt to see, like,
0: if it was, what, even, if it was possible. even possible, and there and was wasn't. no way. Yeah
1: that he could have performed these these activities in the time allotted.
0: Yeah, I remember that being talked about in the docu series. It was basically set up. So there was not a snowball's chance in hell that this guy was walking away from this.
1: No. Um they later found also that the bomb would have detonated even if they'd gotten it off of him. So like Really? Yeah, he had like literally no shot. Even if they'd gotten it off of him it probably would have gone off.
0: As they were getting it off. Yes. Yeah. Cuz it was wired through the collar. Yeah. Basically, it was like it was like a, a an iron collar that wrapped around his neck and fastened in the back, mm-hmm. and then, if I'm not mistaken, there was like a almost like a sheet, like a pl- a plate that went forward down his chest.
1: Upon examination of the collar bomb, it was found to be a hinged collar like a large handcuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There were four keyholes under the chin and a rectangular section that contained two pipe bombs and kitchen timers. There was also an electronic timer that hung down over the chest that had numerous decoys meant for the bomb squad, like disconnected wires, a toy cell phone, and misleading stickers.
0: Misleading stickers. Look over there! (laughs) (laughs) This was not Marjorie. (laughs) They're like, God, who was it then? (laughs) Misleading stickers. (laughs) we should start a brand <laughs>
1: misleading we're stickers. just we're
0: just gonna start selling a, on my spooky gay family misleading stickers
1: <laughs> oh my goodness
0: this is a misleading sticker
1: <laughs> on September 20th 2003 <laughs> a man named Bill Rothstein calls the police to inform them that he had the body of a man named James Roden in a chest freezer in his garage as you do as you do. <laughs> James Roden had been living with a woman named Marjorie Deal Armstrong for 10 years. Rothstein claimed that she had shot Roden with a 12 gauge shotgun and then paid him $2,000 to clean the crime scene and hide the body. That seems like not enough.
0: Really not enough. Do we know what the gauge of the the cane gun was?
1: Uh, No, I didn't. At least I didn't make note of it.
0: Because if I was giving that to someone,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I'd want to try it first. Not on a person. (laughs) But Marjorie and I are very different.
1: That's that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what Marjorie would have wanted to do with it. <laughs> so anyway, Marjorie is arrested and sentenced to 7 to 20 years, which is very specific.
0: Yeah. In prison. <laughs> 7 for, to 100. <laughs> right. You pick.
1: <laughs> in prison for the murder in January 2005. In April 2005, <laughs> Deal Armstrong told a state trooper that she had information about the Wells case and she would give it to him in exchange for a transfer to a minimum security facility. She admitted to supplying the kitchen timers, but claimed that Rothstein was the mastermind. She also claimed that Wells was a knowing co-conspirator. Rothstein had died in 2004, so
0: there was no way to, there was no way to
1: deal with Rothstein, really. Yeah. Later that year, a man named Kenneth Barnes was turned in by his brother after he divulged details of the crime. Barnes was already in prison on unrelated charges. Barnes says that Deal Armstrong is the mastermind and that she had wanted him to kill her father in order to inherit money. Barnes demanded $200,000 to do it. The bank heist was planned in order to get the money to pay Barnes to kill her father. Is it getting convoluted?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's like, guys. You gotta pick one crazy scheme and stick with it. You don't get to try a little bit of everything. (laughs) Just a little bit of everything.
1: (laughs) Just a dab of murder. Just a dab of bombing. Yeah. (laughs) In July 2006, both Barnes and Deal Armstrong are charged with the crime. Rothstein and Wells are named as co-conspirators. They are, of course, deceased. The prosecutor asserted that Wells had been involved from the beginning, but that his co-conspirators had fitted him with a real bomb that would have detonated even if it was removed.
0: And he it was assumed that he did not know it was a real bomb.
1: Well, actually, here's what law enforcement says happened. On August 28, 2003, the pizzeria where Wells worked received a phone call asking for two pizzas to be delivered to an address a few miles away. The address was for a television broadcast tower. Wells left to deliver the pizzas. When Wells got to the tower, he found the plan had changed and that the bomb was real. Mm-hmm. There was a struggle. And in in interviews with a man named Floyd Stockton, he claimed to have put the bomb on Wells and fired a handgun into the air to secure his cooperation. There were also witness reports of a gunshot heard about that time. Stockton testified in exchange for immunity.
0: <laughs>
1: so we've got one more person now.
0: <laughs> it, it, it's like, how many fucking people did that? Nobody no, to this day. Spoiler alert. Still don't know exactly what the fuck happened. No. But apparently 800 people know. Yeah. <laughs> like literally the greater Erie area of we're Pennsylvania. We're all involved in this. Including Alaska Thunderfuck.
1: <laughs> okay, we're almost done. According to an <clears throat> FBI affidavit, Wells was heard talking about the robbery a month earlier and was seen leaving Rothstein's house the day before the robbery. So that certainly supports the fact that he was in on it. Mm-hmm um wells's family insists that wells was jumped by strangers and had no involvement in the conspiracy at all
0: okay
1: yeah (laughs) um (laughs) on november 10th 2010 deal armstrong is convicted of the following armed bank robbery conspiracy to commit armed bank robbery and using a destructive device in a crime all of this was despite her assertion that she was not mentally competent to stand trial all of her appeals are denied and she dies in prison Mm
0: -hmm. from breast cancer from
1: breast cancer at the age of 60 i believe.
0: Oh, I thought it was like 68.
1: It might be 68. It
0: was somewhere. It was in her 60s, somewhere in her 60s.
1: Yes, but that is generally what happened.
0: Generally. Yes. (laughs) Very generally. Because then you get into the business of the guy in the freezer and the fact that they were like hoarders and they went through Bill Rothstein's house and found like basically the plans for the bomb.
1: Yeah. And apparently he was a shop teacher.
0: Yeah, he was a shop point. teacher, and he was also. I read this on on uh, fucking Wikipedia. So forgive me, I can't remember what the fuck the name of it was. Oh Jesus, what did they what did they fucking call it? Uh, I don't know. Basically, <laughs> basically, he was part of like he was part of this group. Oh, it was. Um, It it says on Wikipedia, Rothstein was a handyman and part-time shop teacher and was part of a group called the Fractured Intellectuals, intelligent people who were not well-adjusted.
1: Well, I mean, I guess there's something for (laughs) self-diagnosis.
0: I was like, what kind of Facebook group is like, (laughs) description, hmm, not well-adjusted intellectuals? (laughs) Like, what? this is a very this is a very self-aware group of people.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, they really knew their own brand.
0: Yeah, but props to them. Again, great marketing. <laughs> um so why don't we uh why don't we get into why don't we get into this this fucking shit show? First of all, after all of this w- uh, occurred, you know, Netflix made well, I don't know if Netflix made it, but they certainly um released a, the docu series Evil Genius, where a lot of other details were were kind of uh shown, including a a weird prostitution link and a drug link.
1: Yeah, apparently Barnes dealt crack, and one of the uh one of his clients was a sex worker. <clears throat> Um, Who claimed to, who later claimed that she had acted on behalf of Barnes in getting Wells to
0: participate, participate, essentially.
1: But um, the FBI doesn't think she's a credible witness. Um, I don't, (laughs) I don't know one way or the other.
0: Yeah, there's kind of a strange amount of sexism in this case. Yeah. In, like, the strangest fucking way. It's like, they're like, how can we make this weirder? Let's see if we can add sexism. And it's like, okay, so you have Marjorie going to prison mm-hmm. when there are, like, eight conspirators or something yeah, like I that? Yeah, I mean,
1: it's really just her and Barnes that end up charged and, and convicted.
0: Meanwhile, Rothstein's got, like... Blown up kitchen timers in his kitchen. Well, I mean, he was dead. Well, what? not at the time of Marjorie's arrest. Well, she was
1: arrested for James Roden. For some reason, Rothstein was not arrested
0: Yeah, for James Roden. I don't know why.
1: Yeah, I can't really figure out how I had him in my chest freezer in my garage doesn't lead to an arrest. <laughs> but, um... But... Yeah, no. So he wasn't dead then, but he did die before she confessed to the Wells stuff. He died in 2004.
0: But it was after the bombing. It was, yeah. Well, after the bombing.
1: Yes, it was by a year after the bombing.
0: Um but then the funny thing is people report and uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of pulling things out of my my memory on this one. If I'm not mistaken, there were a lot of reports of people seeing Marjorie at a gas station on the phone making calls that were somehow linked to the whole bombing situation. So it was there was eyewitness testimony as far as that linking her to this. But then there was also uh there was also the case of a blue car that was kind of spotted monitoring Brian Wells and it was kind of going back and forth and watching law enforcement and and the bombing situation but and at one point i believe the car was pursued but it was so far away that by the time they got to where the car had been they lost it and it was kind of gone like there there was a lot of like craziness as far as this blue car went but then it turned out that Rothstein drove basically the car yeah. that was suspected it yeah. was or or a car very similar to the one yes. that was suspected. And then later on, they found like plans for explosives and, and all kinds of other shit in his house. Yeah. That basically, down to like the the wiring systems that were in the the collar, the collar bomb device. Uh, like linguistics, because there were weird things about the note, the way the note was phrased and, and things like that. And basically he was linked to that as well it was like there was no reason that Rothstein should not have been linked to this Yeah, and it's the reason to me that this is the most strange because it's like why was this so heavily pinned on Marjorie when it is very clear A I'm not saying she's a stupid person no but she doesn't impress me as, like, much of a genius.
1: No. um, If for no other reason, then I'm still unsure how they thought this was going to work.
0: Yeah, I really can't imagine. Like,
1: I'm not really clear on what their plan was <coughs> after he got out of the bank.
0: Well, he was supposed to drop the money, wasn't he?
1: I mean, I assume so. But, like... How would they know how long that would take? Like, what if...
0: <laughs> well, it was... If I'm not mistaken, it was related to the treasure hunt. Yeah. He was supposed to drop the money, and that would give him one of his clues. And there was, there was a whole thing with the, with the treasure hunt and the money. So they were basically trying to get the money yeah, and get rid of Wells. Yeah. Is essentially what it comes down to. Not that Wells knew that at the time, but... Um, it I just based on the the profile that we kind of are are exposed to regarding Marjorie Mm -hmm. like I said she I don't think she's an idiot but I don't think I don't think she is capable of masterminding such a sophisticated plan because though it is crazy yeah it is very sophisticated particularly the technical elements of the bomb collar
1: yeah no there was there was no way that Marjorie designed the bomb collar it appears to have been rothstein almost exclusively
0: almost exclusively if not if not entirely exclusively yeah, yeah. <laughs> um it it was just I remember it being such a bizarre story, and then you get into all the shit with Brian Wells that that's like he was in on it, he wasn't in on it. He he worked for the pizza place. He he was going on all these like weird meetings with with Rothstein and Marjorie and these other people, and it just it was so convoluted. I think the thing about this case that makes me the most insane is in a much different way it reminds me a bit of the staircase where it's like okay this is just bizarre
1: yeah no it is it is very strange
0: and we will never probably know the definitive answer of what happened i mean obviously we can make certain deductions
1: yeah that being said now that most <coughs> of the most of the conspirators are dead we're going to we're never going to get real answers.
0: Yeah, and we're relying on on third and fourth hand testimony. Yeah. That's like really not terribly credible. Not to not to uh kind of play into a stigma of sex workers, but we don't know anything about this woman. I have no idea how credible she would even be. I but to be fair, I also don't really see what reason she would have for lying
1: that's kind of the thing is like i don't really know what she would have to gain by saying that
0: unless there was some kind of deal that she had with another one of the conspirators to be- benefit from this somehow or if she was although i i can't imagine they would do something like this if if she had something to gain from the fbi or from the fe- the federal government for testifying
1: I mean, my understanding is that she claimed that on the documentary, but I don't think had come forward at the time of the trial.
0: Well, no. Yeah, she she did not. um, She didn't testify in the trial, but she did come forward later. And it again, it becomes complicated because it's like, well, was she given a certain amount of money by Rothstein Mm -hmm. to kind of throw people off the scent of the actual trail? Mm-hmm. We will probably never know because Rothstein's dead, and I doubt she's gonna tell anybody. So <laughs> it's just such a bizarre story. What do you think is the weirdest part of this case? It's it's hard to choose,
1: frankly. Um I think I think the weirdest part is the treasure hunt ruse. I, I th- because <laughs> Because it just seems like such an odd, like, when you go on the assumption that Wells was in on it, mm-hmm. and that this treasure hunt thing was an alibi for him. Yeah. Like, who the fuck comes up with that?
0: <laughs> it's like- I mean, I guess you, like, what failsafe would you have? Because if, if you're trying to find... I think it's going to be very difficult to ask someone to be a bank robber, yeah. <laughs> just in general. Yeah. And I'm sure that Marjorie and Rothstein didn't want to do it. And I'm pretty sure, what's his name? Wells Barnes was oh. incapable. <laughs> so, uh, incapable in terms of uh, acuity and... Uh, what's the word i'm looking for execution <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i don't think barnes was terribly capable of pulling something like this off a successful bank heist so in terms of having a fail safe it's actually kind of ingenious because his assumption was if and when i get caught yeah i will get off scot free because i will say that i was being uh uh what's the word i'm looking for um provoked uh coerced uh shit i think coerced yeah is probably the the best term for it he gets off saying i was being coerced i was i I thought i was because at the time if he did think it was a fake bomb Mm -hmm. and i personally think that he did um he has that that kind of note in his back pocket that's like a get out of jail free card that's like oh yeah. i was attacked because he said that he was he was assaulted and coerced by three black men yeah which in erie pennsylvania goes
1: a lot <laughs> towards saying that he wasn't in on it when we know perfectly well that
0: he probably was
1: well it's it's not <laughs> It's not, I'm saying that he wasn't, it's, it's, it's more just with a lie like that. Like, I can't imagine why his family still thinks he was innocent.
0: Oh, I can I, I have no idea. I, I, and we'll get to that, but. Yeah. Um, it, it, the reason I say it's kind of ingenious is that to someone like Wells, it's a fail safe because <laughs> he's like, well, they'll be looking for these things quote unquote three black guys. Um, and I'll get off scot-free. I won't have any
1: repercussions. Yeah. yeah.
0: Although I I think that he still would, if I'm being honest, but that's neither here nor there. But then from the standpoint of the other two main conspirators, they're getting rid of him with this like bullshit yeah. story. And it's like they're they're getting rid of their witness he thinks he's getting rid of his own plausibility so it's like it's it's an ingenious plan because it's manipulative to like the nth degree he thinks he's manipulating the cops but really in actuality he's probably being manipulated into doing the bidding of two other really crazy fucking people so it's like it's It's kind of ingenious,
1: yeah, no, I'm not saying it wasn't smart. I'm just saying like I can't believe
0: it worked it worked in uh, to some like, extent, <laughs>
1: at least to the extent that it was kind of supposed to, which was to make give him a false sense of security
0: mm-hmm. but like, but I think that's why I, I don't think he's a patsy, I think he was a conspirator, but I think that's why it was necessary for him to be kind of a a chump. It's the reason they went after someone who was clearly, I don't want to say desperate, but it's like, he's an older pizza delivery guy who is not well off by any means. If I'm not mistaken at the time, he still lived with his mother or cared for his mother who was very close. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure he lived with his mother. Uh, this guy was not, there was a lot of reason to think he could be easily manipulated. And yeah. I don't think that that was accidental. No, I, d- I
1: don't think it was either, which actually lends some credibility to the sex workers assertion that she found him for them.
0: Oh, easily. I, I, I think I personally don't think she's lying. I think she might be mistaken about a few things. Uh, again, Marjorie and Rothstein are so manipulative. Mm-hmm. It's hard to know exactly what everyone really knew and what they thought they knew. Yeah, You know what I mean? And that's kind of why I, I describe this as being kind of similar to The Staircase because it's like everybody's operating with a different set of information. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, we don't really know what everyone really knew. And without a set of facts... You can't know who was really in on it, but we'll never have a set of facts because there's really no way to attain them.
1: You know, I think that, honestly, the only way we would have gotten a complete picture of this is if Rothstein had been arrested and confessed.
0: But I don't think he would have.
1: I don't think he would have either.
0: Confessed, I mean. He might have been arrested if the cops were... Any better at their jobs? I was like, I was like, you definitely run a prison in Ohio, don't you? Um, <laughs> yeah, I can't, I, it blows my I mean, mind that, that Rothstein was not apprehended. Arrested. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> or at least questioned. <laughs> questioned. <laughs> I do believe he was questioned, but like, he wasn't that smart. No, you know what I mean. I'm sure he was an intelligent person, but like. Anyone with half a brain can look at the situation and be like, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that Wells was not a genius. Considering he, he walked around with a, a cane gun and a bomb strapped to his chest. Like, I'm going to go ahead and say he wasn't the mastermind here. Yeah. Um. And again, I have a hard time believing that they actually thought that Marjorie was.
1: I mean, Marjorie also had a lot of mental health problems. She did, like the the mental illness defense that she mounted wasn't entirely without merit. It
0: it wasn't. She had actually killed before. Yes, she several had. times. Yes, uh, we've come to learn. But, yeah, I
1: didn't include any of the rap sheets for these people, but like, they're impressive. Yeah,
0: they <laughs> like, they really know how to how to put a list together. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Mr. Mr. Stockton, the guy who got off because he confessed, he gave the cops information had been arrested for um, sexually assaulting a disabled teenager. Yeah. Yeah, but this guy gets immunity because he's gonna, <laughs> like, because he's going to admit to putting the fucking bomb on the guy and like he just goes away.
0: Just fucks off. Yeah. Um and Marjorie had murdered an ex-boyfriend He was laying on the couch, but she got off because she said it was self-defense. She presumably murdered the guy that was in the freezer.
1: Yeah, we assume that she murdered James Roden.
0: We assume, although I don't think at the very least that she did it alone.
1: No, it kind of seems like Rothstein might have had something to do with that, was from cleaning up the crime scene and (laughs) putting the body in his freezer.
0: Yeah, that seems a bit suspicious to me. For two grand. For two grand. Um, yeah. And uh, again, then we get into this weird territory where it's like, well, and then when you look at the way that Rothstein was involved in all this, do you think Marjorie was kind of a patsy too? I don't know. I
1: think that it might... (sighs) I think that it might make sense considering that Rothstein turns her in about a month after the bombing mm-hmm. for the death of Roden. So it's it's one of those things where i thinking he probably was hoping that she would spill the beans and she would get charged. But I mean, who can foresee dying a year later? So it's one of those things that like she could have been. Mm. But it seems like a big
0: risk to take. It is a big risk. Uh, I will say here here are the things that are that are kind of going through my mind as I'm thinking about it. A, I know that he he wasn't romantically linked to her, but it is kind of insinuated in the docu series that he had romantic feelings for her at mm-hmm. least at some point. Yeah. Um also I I think someone as intelligent however <laughs> maladjusted as as Rothstein would be able to pick up on the fact that Marjorie is a really great goat yeah you know what i mean and so i think Rothstein had a number of different outs that he just didn't tell people about and i think one of them worked mm-hmm. the problem is it kind of goes all the way to the top so to speak (laughs) it's like here
1: comes glenn (laughs) literally glenn
0: is like um it goes all the way to the top in that marjorie had wells as a fail safe yeah and i think to a certain extent rothstein had marjorie Marjorie. as a fail safe because it was like here's this crazy woman who has been suspected of murder several times yeah um who is now linked to this case she has a history of mental health issues. She has a history of conspiracy. She, you know, and then we get into the shit with the dad and it's like, well, this is all linked to her because she has the most to gain from it. But you, I don't think, I don't think Rothstein is an idiot. And I think that he had, if I had to guess, I think he had hoped that he was, Smarter than everybody, yeah. that the original plan would work. Yeah, that it would literally be—they trick Wells into executing this. They run away with the money, and Wells goes to prison.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I don't think he was—I don't think he was dumb enough to not have a failsafe for his failsafe. And I, th- I, I personally believe that Marjorie was probably that.
1: I mean, that's fair. I think it's. It's just the second she starts talking like she she names Rothstein as the mastermind. Like if he hadn't been dead, he would have most likely been arrested.
0: So I'm sure at some point he would have been questioned. But one of the things that they talk about a lot about about him in the in the docuseries is that he was very much a narcissist. I think he very much thought he was smarter than everybody. Mm -hmm. And they talk about that even in questioning him that. It was made very clear that he thinks he's smarter than everyone in the room. And I'm if I'm not mistaken, he like explicitly says it. Yeah. And so I think he had a plan to pin everything on Marjorie if if he needed to. Mm-hmm. I don't think we saw the whole plan, but I think we saw the beginnings of it in him sacrificing her to get himself out. Yeah, that's that's fair. You know what I mean? when when he gave her up for the murder of what's his name in the freezer he knew that she had the history of her ex boyfriend that yeah. she had shot to death and it would be a lot easier to convince people that she was a serial killer than it would be to convince than it would be for her to convince everyone that he had talked her into things yeah you know what i mean yeah uh s- Again, this is all speculative. It, this is alleged, alleged, alleged. You're going to get an email from <laughs> from Glenn uh, explaining just how alleged all of this is. But the point is that I I think he was smart enough to have covered his bases. I don't know if he was smart enough to actually get away with it, but I think he had the bases covered.
1: No, that's, that's fair. I mean, he does seem to have covered his tracks pretty well.
0: Yeah. Um, if we go back to Brian Wells, again, mm-hmm. this guy, I think, really did not know what he was getting himself into. But I do think he did get into it willingly. Um, his family really insists that he did not know what he ha- Or have any involvement in the actual planning or execution of this. That he was literally kidnapped and forced to do this and was just the victim of violence. Yeah, I don't know how to discuss this because it's like, it really feels a bit like they're burying their heads in the sand. Yeah, in no my
1: opinion. I I think that there's more than enough evidence to to suggest that he was in on it. If nothing else, the seeing him at Rothstein's house the day before. <laughs> it's
0: like come on. Yeah. It it feels a bit it it's like guys, I I and I feel bad for them because nobody wants to believe that someone that they love A, would even take part in something like this, or but B, who was the victim of such a violent death. Yeah. I don't think anyone wants to believe that they would take part in that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I I feel bad for them, but there is a part of me that wants to like shake them. (laughs) I'm like, guys, I I get where you're coming from, but you got to meet me halfway on this one.
1: Glenn is already drafting the defense to the cease and desist letter. <laughs> I'm,
0: I, <laughs> no. I, don't, I don't think it, it would be a cease and desist. I, you know, it, this is purely my opinion, uh, and it, it kind of comes with a grain of salt. Take it with a grain of salt. But uh, like I said, I really do. I have a lot of sympathy for them because, like I said, it can't be easy to cope with something like this. Like, could you imagine? If no, and if Sarah did something like that,
1: no, I, I couldn't handle that. Especially like, it would have had to be so traumatizing to watch that scene play out on tel- television
0: mm-hmm.
1: with someone that you love in the middle of it.
0: And it does happen live on television. Yes, he he is, I'm gonna say murdered. Yeah, live on television. Um, and by the way, it was shown in the docu series. So
1: yeah. Be forewarned. Content
0: warning. Yeah. <laughs> Be forewarned. Uh, you will watch, literally watch someone die <laughs> if you watch the series. Um, uh, did you have a problem with that? I kinda did. Mm-hmm. I had
1: kind of a hard time with the fact that they showed that.
0: Yeah, it's it's a lot to swallow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's just like I mean, you said content warning as kind of a joke, but it's... it's. One I wasn't of those a things- joke. Okay. I, I was
0: actually being very, very <laughs> serious when I okay. said content warning. You will watch someone die <laughs> yeah, if you it, watch this.
1: I kind of would have appreciated that from the filmmakers at, at some yeah.
0: point. It, like, it definitely could have used a warning.
1: Yeah. Like, hey, about 10 seconds of this film is kind of a snuff film, just so you're aware.
0: Yeah. It's... And I understand why they included it because it is really fucking shocking. It is. And I think they were probably playing at the idea of this is what happened to people when they were watching this on TV. And they were like, oh my God, that guy's sitting there with a bomb strapped to his. T- yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure that they were trying to evoke some of that emotion. I don't know how necessary it was other than to, because there's a couple of things that are kind of hinted at along the way in this docuseries. One of them is that he seems oddly calm through the whole thing. You know, he doesn't seem to be frantic. He doesn't seem to be panicking. At yeah. least from what you can see in the video. Yeah. Eyewitness testimony testimony kind of rebuts that. But um you know, on video, he's literally sitting there with his hands cuffed behind his mm-hmm. back. He's sitting on the ground, he's not struggling, and then all of a sudden, yeah, he's gone. Yeah. Um and it is very violent. It is very, very violent. Uh and there there are two reasons including that one that he was very calm um that I think they included it it was the fact that he was so calm and i think they were trying to illustrate that either he thought it was fake and he was about to be caught or he like the i or that he didn't realize that that was going to be his 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 demise. You know, I, I think they were trying to set up just how shocking it was, not just to everyone watching, but to him, that it actually detonated.
1: Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think even if he knew it was a real bomb that he thought it would actually go off. Yeah. Like, based on the video that I've seen, mm-hmm. he he does not appear to be like, panicking the way you would expect someone to be panicking if they had a bomb strapped to their chest
0: that was beeping
1: <laughs> from a stranger yeah you know it it's he seemed a bit more composed than i, I mean, would have expected
0: and if i'm not mistaken you don't hear a lot of the audio from the tape no. or if you do it's it's distant because obviously the cameras are not mm-hmm. near the scene yeah but yeah what they have said is that he was calling out for help mm-hmm. up until his final moments Yeah, um, saying that they needed to help him. They needed to get it off him. Why aren't they helping him?
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: <clears throat> it, it kind of gets into that weird gray area where it's like, well, is he not panicking because he doesn't think it's actually going to go off? Or is he just one of those like really subdued people? You know what I mean. Like when you or think was of was he a, in shock? Was he in shock? Was he? It you know when you think of like the type of person you would use as a patsy. It's someone mm-hmm. who is very uh not dominant. <laughs> you know, very <laughs> passive, very um. kind of like not really allowing themselves to make a scene mm-hmm. even when you're in the middle like when you know you're in the middle of a scene yeah you're you're trying to maintain some kind of you know uh staying out of view like you're you're really yeah. trying not to draw a lot of attention and it's hard to say what i think was actually going through his brain at the time i really don't know
1: yeah no i i have no idea like watching it knowing what's going to happen is kind of heartbreaking yeah like and even if he was involved in the in the bank heist, which i i think he was
0: i do yeah. like
1: the fact that no one was charged with murder for this is it's kind shocking. of beyond me
0: <laughs> it's like frankly bizarre
1: <laughs> yeah because, like, clearly he didn't agree to be killed. So. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> yeah, I think you'd have a hard time finding the person who would volunteer for that job. Um, yeah, I. in some ways I feel bad for him. Although, I mean, he was possibly knowingly participating in a plot that could have harmed other people. So it's like, well... I, i I really struggle to see i I struggle to figure out how badly I feel for him. Obviously, mm-hmm. I would never want what happened to him to happen to him, yeah, but I, I i there then there's a part of me that's like, but he probably should have been in prison. like that's dangerous. if you knowingly walked into a public place. With what you thought even possibly could have been a real bomb around your neck. Yeah. It's reckless. It's dangerous. Uh, and it, it stems from his, in my opinion, obvious conspiracy to to participate in this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I I don't think he's by any means innocent, but... I think you'd have a hard time finding anyone who said he got what he deserved.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I really can't think of anyone who I would, like, wish that death upon. Like...
0: Very few people, and like... I wouldn't name them publicly. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, I... I've Obviously, there are so many other parts of this story that are... Um, uh, that are that are relevant and that other people obviously have k- kind of come to, uh, uh, I c- they've come to their own conclusions about. Um, I, I I don't know. This whole thing really troubles me. Um. It, it it really troubles me. This whole story, especially because so much of it. Uh, In a strange way, one of the things that pissed me off the most watching this was watching so much of it get pinned on Marjorie. Really? Uh, Yes, but not because I sympathize with Marjorie. Yeah. It's more that, like, there's this weird thing that happens, I I think, in the justice system, where it's like, Women are kind of seen as these, like, wallflowers, these blushing, demure, couldn't possibly do anything that complicated Mm -hmm. people until something really complicated happens, and then they're a black widow, they're a, a, (laughs) you know an evil genius so to speak
1: well even in the docuseries like one of the things they say in the beginning is that like you know men would do anything for her it's like i have a hard time fucking believing that like i don't care how hot she was like yeah i have a hard fucking time believing that
0: (laughs) men would do anything for her for her yeah and you're talking about murder you're talking about crime you're talking about robbery you're talking about like fraud like all this shit and it's like I'm sure that there are people out there who would do this for the right pussy. But, like, all of it? Would yeah. you do all of it Yeah. for the right pussy? Or for any s- sex? Like, mm-hmm. this is a lot. Yeah. And a-, a lot for one lifetime. I'm sure that she was involved heavily in the crimes she was accused of. But the fact of the matter is... In my opinion in this particular case, I think a lot of shit got kind of pinned to her in a very strange way. It's like yes, she's very responsible for what happened, but I I don't I, do It's you, made clear that she wasn't even capable of building the device. So it's like
1: do you think it was because it got so much media attention and Rothstein was already dead? Like, they had to pin it on somebody and she was, like, the most culpable person that they could find.
0: You know, I really struggle with things like this because my first instinct is to say that's absolutely fucking ridiculous. Because any reasonable person would think, like, it doesn't matter if someone's alive or dead. If you can prove they did something, then they fucking did it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then you get into the minutia of <laughs> of public opinion mm-hmm. and it's like... You watch the staircase, and you see you see what <laughs> public opinion consists of, and yeah, you I wonder see why what
1: Marjorie wasn't offered an Alfred play
0: Yeah, <laughs> you see what a jury can think or what the public can think. People come to bizarre conclusions, and they ha- they have bizarre reasoning, and it is very very rarely motivated by facts or reason, and so. As much as I'd like to say I don't think that has a lot to do with it, it certainly could. Although, I think you'd have a hard time convincing me that sexism wasn't also a part of it.
1: Oh, no, I don't, I don't think that it was entirely that. But I do think it was a component.
0: I'm sure that it was. I'm sure that they were under a lot of pressure to pin it on someone and she was the one who was around. Yeah. But... And maybe this is uh, a fault of my own, judging it as Western Pennsylvania. But it's like, you get out into the the more rural areas of the country and you start to... I don't want to say you see more of it, but again, this is my own prejudice rearing its ugly head. I always think like, oh, well, of course they're going to think no woman could ever do this until they think a woman did it and then she's evil you know what i mean yeah um and i could absolutely be wrong again it's it, i'm fully admitting that this is <laughs> this is probably prejudice or at the very least bias um but it is it's it 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 really bothered me in a strange <laughs> way it really bothered me that she was treated as this quote-unquote evil genius when it's almost demonstrably clear that she couldn't have been
1: no if if nothing else like how do you how can you be the mastermind of something when it's clear that you probably wouldn't even be able to design the main components of it
0: the main component and Rothstein had engineered the cane gun yeah, it was clear they had found like the plans to engineer it, and engineered the bomb collar. Yeah, and it's like, are are you reading a different book from me? Like,
1: yeah, she just happened to find a guy who could do, that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and was apparently not culpable for it. Like, yeah, I, it, the whole thing just is bizarre to me. It it really is truly bizarre. And again, I am not defending marjorie i i think she's just as evil as anybody else in this plot i just don't think she bears the responsibility of of having to take the most blame for it
1: no i think that's fair um i'm kind of with you that i i I feel like rothstein was certainly more heavily involved than the prosecution would have you believe
0: yeah, they kind of paint him as like a patsy. Meanwhile, the cops are like, he's fucking with us in the interrogation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, but I, I don't understand how you could feel that way and still pin so much of it on her. I, I, I don't know. The whole thing is bizarre. But that is essentially the uh, bomb collar bank heist. If you would like to learn more about this in in a lot more detail you definitely should watch evil genius it is currently streaming on netflix and uh this is your (laughs) this is your warning ahead of time more than once but particularly in the first i would say about 10 minutes five to 10 minutes of Mm -hmm. the of the series um you do witness actual fatal violence so be forewarned if you're going to consume it. That is something that uh, you should be aware of. It it is shown more than once, so you should be aware of that. If I'm not mistaken... I I don't think I I can't remember though. I don't think they show any close ups of his remains.
1: No, I don't th- I don't recall them doing that.
0: I know that you see. Articles of his clothes, clothing, and yeah. close-ups of the pieces of the bomb yeah, collar, yeah, you see like and the shrapnel, and... the shrapnel, and the kitchen timer, and and things like that. I don't believe you see any like autopsy photos. I I can't say a hundred percent that I know that though.
1: I don't recall having seen them. Um, I think they might show the autopsy chart.
0: I'm sure that they do. Yeah, because it's it's very relevant to the case, but. That said, have a watch if you haven't, and if you have, please let us know your thoughts on the case. Let us know what you think of of uh, Brian Wells's involvement, Rothstein's involvement, uh, and and just what you think about Crazy Marjorie, because <laughs> she is. Coco for cuckoo poops. She is, <laughs> she is absolutely bonkers, or or was. She's dead now. But um, let us know what you think. We're always happy to hear your thoughts. And please, please, please. Send us uh, your stories. If you have ghost stories and encrypted and stories, please send them to us because we are always happy to hear them. We have a new uh, mini mini microsode coming out on Monday. We are doing the season finale of season one of Creep Show, And you can check it out at patreon.com slash my spooky gay family. And we will also be back next week with another many many <laughs> biggie. sode. <laughs> Right here, wherever you're listening. So until then, stay spoopy and remember. Who told you that? Who do you think? Barnes? Yeah.
1: When are you going to learn that Barnes is making up shit? Why do you want to whitewash Brian Wells? That's what I want to know. First of all, he was a co-conspirator. And when you're a co-conspirator, they can't be a death penalty case anyway. And he was a co-conspirator. I don't know why I, Do you want to believe these I goddamn think you... asshole losers. Here. And you don't want to believe Listen, me? listen. I was never in their fucking category, period. I am not some evil genius who was greedy and wanted some guy that looks
0: retarded to rob a bank for me. I didn't even know this guy. And you're an asshole if you think otherwise.
1: This guy was innocent, and you guys wanted to avoid the death penalty. I know this. First of all, you are totally wrong. I am not you guys. And if you say otherwise
0: about anything in the movie, I will sue your fucking balls off. I didn't have anything to do with the goddamn crime. My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Alon, and this episode contains clips from Evil Genius, distributed by Netflix 2018. Please subscribe on iTunes, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon. My spooky gay family is a product of Barbara Duel Productions. Barbara.